A very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Growing Dentist Podcast Show. Today, I'm super excited to have Gary Mortis head. He is um, somebody I met through Strategic Coach. He's one of the coaches who taught me a lot of the concepts that I now use. Also, he's the CEO of GCPindustrial.com, GCP Industrial. Um, welcome, Gary. Welcome, Naren. Appreciate being, having the opportunity to be with you. Today. Thank you. So, Gary, uh, for those of us who have not met you yet, can you tell us your entrepreneurial journey? How did you get into strategic coach? How did you, you know, become a great student? For me, a great coach is a great student first who learns something. So you became a student of entrepreneurship. So kind of walk us through your journey, Gary, just in your own words. Yeah, thank, thank you, Niren. The journey began for me a long time ago, and I, I don't want to make this a really long story, but I've been an entrepreneur on my own uh, since 1989. And uh, I didn't know I always had that sort of in me, but I knew I just didn't fit. I didn't fit where I was. I, I was always this guy who thought he knew better than his bosses. And as a result, that's not always good for a career in, in a larger organization. But in, in 1989, I uh, started a tire recycling business called Recovery Technologies. And, and I really wanted to do something that was, was significant at that point. And I found some other partners and we got into acquiring a company that used liquid nitrogen to freeze the tires. Uh, I'm an engineer by training. And so we, we had to go put this facility back together. And the reason is I wanted to do something. I wanted to do something that was meaningful. As a result, since 1989, I've been developed a recovery technology, sold that business. And not everybody sells the business for lots of money. I say I got out of the business with my shirt. And then two years later, um, I, I started this company called GCP Industrial. But prior to starting GCP Industrial, you asked the question about strategic coach. And I realized when I left the big organizations like DuPont and Imperial Oil, who I've been working with, I now on my own, who was going to train me? How was I going to get that uh, how is I going to become an entrepreneur? Because you don't go to school for an entrepreneur. It'd be nice if you could, but then it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And so I got introduced to the program by a friend of mine who said I should go. I went to an intro presentation back in April of 1991. I joined the program in November, November 11, 1991. So I'm coming up on my 26 years of being in the program, and I've never looked back. I mean, it's just been phenomenal for me to understand who I am as a person, what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, and how to really build build a great team. And so that happening um, in 1991 and then becoming a coach in 1996, uh, which really you're quite right in there. And you have to be a learner to be able to teach others. And uh, I've just chosen that, that learning about business and, that, and, and communicating that to others is a lifelong uh, profession, if you want to call it, uh, for me, and, uh, and a passion for me. I'm always been passionate about entrepreneurs, uh, how they can build, what they can do, and I've been fortunate to have coached approximately 3,000 people over that time, and um, there's nothing more rewarding than, than I've had, had that opportunity, and that's where I got a chance to meet you as well, and that, you know, learning, I love to learn from you and what you're doing, and, and how you, what you're bringing to, to your audiences, so that's wonderful. Thank you, Gary. That's awesome. Yes, I mean, I love the fact that 
you're very humble and you're very down to earth because some people they think they know it all and usually you know the smartest people i know they are very humble they are very uh, you know they they feel there's a lot they don't know and they're always looking to learn and they're always looking to grow and uh, you know you you um, you know you live that so uh, that's one of the reasons i really appreciate about you you know you are like you are every man nobody knows that you have coached 3000 people when they meet you you're just like anybody else so that's awesome and uh, i i i really appreciate your friendship and your advice you have helped me a lot you know on so many different levels and i want to thank you for that um, let's jump into some some um some of the key lessons you have learned because you know the people who are listening to this are entrepreneurs doctors and uh, many of them are kind of thinking about how do i take my game to the next level um and one of the things uh, my podcasts are based on is the idea of a bigger future you know dan talks about it a lot which is how do we create a bigger future in terms of time money purpose or relationships at the end of the day um i went through this in my own life um my needs when it comes to time money purpose and relationships change what i wanted when i was 18 is different from what i want you know right now and i'm sure it's going to be different again in what i want three years from now and um, at the end of the day we all are trying to find happiness right that's what the human uh, struggle is all about so we are constantly you know trying to figure out how do we find the right balance and the right perspective between time money purpose and relationships so i'm just thinking maybe a great place to start is tell us your journey like how did you think about time when you were a young man when you were when you had your first child and now i believe you are a grandfather right well not not quite yet but i do i do have children that are in their late 20s and early 30s so it it, it could happen but as you know that's not my choice that's <laughs> fair enough and and i i must have been i'm not rushing that i like this idea that i have a few years for the children are out of the house growing children and my wife and i have time on but but coming back coming back to your 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 message i i, I want to overview this all by saying I, I, when you talked about happiness and i, I want to go back even from a young age but to me happiness was all about having meaning what was the meaning to your life and and i was very fortunate that i i i came by that early and i i've been very simple about it as that i always wanted to leave the world a little better place than when i found it so when I got here I I, when my time was up whenever that was would the world be a better place as a result of me being here and so if that's a journey that doesn't have a specific destination it is totally a journey and I, I never had a one thing I was going to do I just knew that over time as I would learn and as I would hopefully contribute that that journey would continue to have meaning for me there are times when we lose our way and we lose our we lose our purpose so to speak but I but for me that that was something that got in, ingrained to me early on and so even as a boy of 18 and, and getting ready to go to university at that point my father's was very strong and his meaning for me was Gary go get your engineering degree and go get an MBA so the next six years that's what I did I got an engineering degree and got an MBA when I finished it I go now like I could do sciences but what's that so you know you could do those periods that you say even for yourself so for me then I said well I I'm going to go out and I'll, I'll go into 
go to work. And I did that for a couple of years and realized, well, that wasn't what I exactly wanted to do. And then I got into sales. And there I am, 26 years old, 25 years old at that point in time. And I got into sales and I said, you know what? After spending the last 10 or 11 years in totally technical world, I realized people was where it was at. Was at. And could I combine the technical aspects of my life with the people part? And that gave me meaning at that point. So sales. And I love that. And I've, I've continued to stay along that line because, I mean, just as you talked about, as much as you've learned from me, I've learned an awful lot from you. And I felt as I went out into the world and got to see other people, got to see their businesses, which I've always been a student of business and love that. What worked and what didn't work and who they were and, and what was important about them. And I was always interested. I was interested in their business and I was interested in people. And I think that's what's kept the, the meanings for me along the way. And when it came to the point in time after 10 years or so that that had run its purpose, I said, well, what else can I do? How can I, how can I go and talk to the next level? And that was the tyrocycling business. That was a real eye-opener, a real learning as much as well, because this was the first time I had to go and rely on other people. And, I, and I, when you talked about entrepreneurs and the challenge they have is it and going to the next level, the next level is not doing everything yourself. It's actually doing less and doing, but doing more of what you're really good at and less of other things. And that seems to be a struggle because we enjoy doing the things that we're really good at. And so why aren't we working harder where things are, are getting bigger and getting better? And that's the, the paradox in some respects. That's the, the paradigm shift shift in our minds that we have to go through and we're going to go we're going to hit as a strategic coach would say ceiling of complexities and when we hit those complexities we have to create simplicity to go through them and simplicity is coming back to who you are what you know what you do and the more you stick with that you'll be able to break through those and go to your next level and to me the next level is always bringing a bigger team around you i mean i've always marveled at what you've done to create such a, a significant business with people but you don't have to have bigger offices but you've got more people and uh, I always ask each time on how many people you have in your organization it's always 10 or 20 more than the last time we had a conversation and it just it, it blows me away but it's something to learn from because you say there's another level that, that, that people are at what is that level for me what do I need to add to my um, as we call it uh, quiver full of arrows what's next for me to learn and uh, and I think as long as you keep that curiosity up and keep appreciating who you are as a person you you can continue to go to to your next level but realize your next level is actually probably more enjoyable than the first level because it won't actually be more work it'll actually be more fun um but that's something you have to experience otherwise people say how did, gary how does that happen well my years are more than 20 years at strategic coach I, from my own experience i can say it does happen and i much prefer the situation i'm in here now at this point in life than i did five years ten years ago and 20 years ago when i got this business started and and i think as long as you're right so you're saying for you the driving force has been meaning you know what what makes you feel like you are being worthwhile you are doing something that you both enjoy and at the same time that makes a difference for others yes you, you talked about having like growing dentists and your other programs and growing entrepreneurs and the other my years are more than 20 years podcasts that you've got mine is about making a difference how do i help people and organizations grow because i know if you're going to grow then then i get an opportunity 20 years ago when I got and business it's really funny I was just thinking about this past weekend so it was Thanksgiving here in Canada and I remember back about 20 years ago yeah well 1998 actually so not quite 20 years ago I was driving down the highway I wasn't working I didn't have a job I didn't have a business I'd sold out of it and I'm driving down on this nice Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend 
worked in the rural road. I said, I said, what do you want to do, Gary? And I said, I want to be involved in a billion dollars worth of business. And, and I, define, I don't have to have a billion dollar a year business, but how can I be involved in supporting people that would be a billion dollars worth of economic activity? And I haven't, I, maybe I should have, but I didn't keep track of it. And I go back and you know what? Probably over the last 18, 19 years, I've done that. But Somehow, just in the middle of something, highway, day on a Saturday, I, I thought about what am I, I going to do when I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> sold out of it. And, 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 down and, and nice that was really significant. And you can tell it still stayed with me. And I thought about it again this weekend because it was Thanksgiving and it was Saturday and I'm taking that same road again. And I thought about, wow, I did that back in 1998. How much has happened over that period of time? Those are things that are significant. Right. And I have... I, maybe I should have, but I didn't. Yeah, I think there's a great song. I can't remember the. I think it's something like we all got to serve somebody, right? So somehow, just in the middle of you're talking about day and a Saturday, I thought about what am I serving others, and of course, you grow, your business grows, your life grows, but usually that's the byproduct of you making a decision to serve entrepreneurs who create economic activity and helping them. You know what, Naren? That's so that's so clear and and so right on. Um, and, and very powerful. And, you know, it's not, right. you know, and that's the challenge that yeah. those who are, are practitioners, yeah, I'm an engineer by training, so if you're an engineer the, or a, a lawyer or an accountant, a dentist, a doctor, right? so you know, all of those, we're taught to be really great technicians. But if we're, if we're not serving more people, then we our, our opportunity to, to make a difference, to grow, becomes limited. And uh, that's something we've got, to, we've got to come to grips with as, as an entrepreneur or as a dentist or as a, as a, as a, as a person in a business. We can serve more people by really thinking about how we you know, can get leverage. And our leverage is based upon the things that we really love to do. It might not be the skill we were specifically trained for. A lawyer, no, I, I, I don't mind saying I was trained as an engineer, but I never achieved my professional engineering status because I realized after a couple of years of working, I needed to work for a professional engineer, and that didn't happen. I realized I was going to be in business, and I had, in my view, a greater calling to do to provide that kind of exposure. I had to go learn all that. I had spent ten years of business learning the technical things. Now I had to learn about the people. I really, I felt the value would be putting those two things together. I've never gotten away from the technical world to do GCP industrial well, products still sell specifically trained for products. Us. I still walk through factories and, I, I, and I people's warehouses and trained as storerooms and I never you know and I can still get excited about it but it didn't have to be my it didn't have to be my years of working I needed to work right. for professional and this is the other interesting thing I've noticed if I looked at the people who have made the most difference they have a narrow focus. Do, I mean, Steve Jobs, for example, kind of he noticed that learn all that. technology was too complicated for people, and he dedicated his life to, you know, making technologies a servant for people. And, you know, when he died, millions of people, you know, paid homage. He was worth billions of dollars, but they felt like somebody important in their life has just died, right? I mean, he didn't give them any free money. His products were so expensive, so... Why did millions and millions of people feel lost something? I've noticed. If I um, at the people you know, when this quote-unquote business tycoon died, and it's focus. because I think I mean, Steve Jobs he dedicated himself to the purpose of, that you know, making technology, technology easy for us, making technology the servant for us. So with my two-year-old daughter, I mean, you know, or my 80-year-old mom still can use it without having to learn how to use it.
paid homage and he literally changed billions of dollars not just his business but he changed so many like other businesses now every product is easy to use right I nobody mean, has to read a many you know money on how products are products so expensive so and and when you talked about millions and millions of the same thing you know how do i help something entrepreneurs um, grow and you know, when create more wealth and prosperity and it's because those around them he dedicated himself very narrow focus that's very niche focus and i'm just kind of wondering is there something to do with the fact that you are very clear and very precise and very narrow in your focus in other words do you end up and he accomplishing more when you not just his business but he changed focus so more businesses now every he, product yeah, ab- absolutely and I, and i think that's the hardest part and i'll, I'll give you a, an example that i always draw upon and it's not mine but it comes from dan sullivan and dan sullivan said and you know you've been a strategic coach and i was there when it only when there were only 250 participants that's very and they now had over 16000 more people go through I'm just program kind of and they charge you more than 10 times the amount to come to some of the programs than they did when I first started. Actually, 20 times more. So, what he said was, he said that if I went to the bank and said, I want to deal with the the top 1% of entrepreneurs, not even incomers, but just entrepreneurs, and I want to get funded for this thing, and I don't you know, I don't know how many people are going to sign up. Would any bank ever give them the money? Dan Sullivan said, and you know, ever think there was a business model here when the reality is 95% of people are entrepreneurs according to the Kaufman Institute of the United States earn $50,000 or less. Absolutely not. But what happens when you narrow your focus, you actually increase your opportunity. Because what people are really looking for is clarity. And if I've been to my workshops and I have the three things that I want people to remember that day, the last one every day is clarity generates confidence. And I want to get more that we are clear, I don't know about what we do, and not focus any bank ever giving them money, then the greater confidence that we think there was a business, the greater the opportunity is. Reality is 90% no one's trying to conquer the world as a result of that. But how do you bring the benefit or value is by being really clear and focused in terms of the direction? your opportunity right because what people and, um, are really looking it's for like who do you want to be a hero to so right? you can't be a hero to 10 different kinds of people you need to be very precise on that day the last you want one to be a hero to and just focus all your energies and time into so the more it. that we are clear well, well, you know people what we do understand without you even talking about your why why you're doing things what's your purpose and the greater the opportunity it's too broad we're not trying to no one's people just can't associate with it they can't get connected to it but how do you and our why comes out not just because we say this is what our why is that we want to help you grow or we want to change the world or we want to make a difference it comes out by the way you act the way you talk the way you show things and they pick all that up and and so as a result as a result of that when people understand what the why is and the why for them they can they can take action and they can they can gravitate towards you, you even they'll listen your to your why you're doing things. They'll, they'll support and, the businesses because you, know, you end up supporting that. And, and that's, that to me is really much so more powerful than saying can't get connected being to really broad. And our why comes because you don't know what target you're actually going to get. And as a result, people don't know that you're even looking for them. Narrow focus is really the way you act, the way to go to it. They pick all that up. And, right. and so as a result, so we talked about meaning purpose. Let's talk about what the why is. And the why for relationships, them, because I think they can, they can that take is really important. They can, a lot of times, we spend a lot of our, our waking moments with people, podcast. right? They'll, you know, they'll yes, support the more business because you end up supporting their computers. And, and that's, talking that to me is really much more powerful than We get the most really satisfaction broad. when we work with others, right? Because you don't know the target you're actually going to get. And as a result, people don't know. talk to me about your view on relationships. How did it evolve and how did it change the way to go over time? 
you know, again, I, I want to talk about so we talked about meaning again, you can, let's talk okay. about time. One is, uh, you know, teams you work with, I the people you work with, that's that really, really important because your clients, and of course, you spend you know, a lot of personal relationships, your family, your people, spouse, right? you know, I would yes, love to kind of dig a little deep into this. Uh, do you want to start with then talking any, human any particular type of relationship? I'm, I'm going to start with how I look at this because, yeah. and, and you've added a fourth one for me because so I've looked at my responsibilities here in terms of what I do. I get supported by Christine, my office. And I said, I, I, in the, in the work you know, side, I have three, I want to talk three about customer three groups, types of relationships. particularly those who are clients, okay. um, all of our all of our suppliers uh, and vendors, know, and the team that's here. And the fourth one is the personal side. So you're absolutely right. But, and I look at all of those. And, and so for each one of those, how do I provide value? So even though we buy from somebody in our supplier network, it's, we look at them as a client. What information are they looking to support them? How can we help them And you've added, how do we take fourth one for suppliers? Because I've looked at worked in China. My responsibilities here and so what I to do, me, that's I really that's really important. If you think about it, and I said, I from the dentist work side, I have three three customers. Your team is really clients. The team around you is really important. All of our suppliers. I have an awesome. I have an awesome team that's here. And the fourth one is the first one. So you're absolutely right. And I looked at all of those, and there was a new woman that started there. Was only one of those. How do I provide value? She acted as if she'd been there. Even though we buy from several weeks, months, or even years, it's just because of how open information and camaraderie is around them. How can we help them? And it isn't always that way. And every Suppliers when we first and he's a very China, humble guy too. Suppliers. Um, and so, and, and to me, that's result, really that's really very open. Think about it. It just creates you walk in there. It's very comfortable. And so, he understands is really it's not just the, about the team around you is really important. Client answer is patient. I have an awesome in there. I have an office whole team. Then how they operate and everything in that office operates to go in to the dentist office. And you get a good sense. Started there. How many years in there? And but she acted as if she'd been there. Happy to go to there several weeks. I love going into his office. Even years just because of how openness and how the camaraderie so it's clean it's ready to go uh, and it isn't and always really that way in every office and, and so very when i look at my own world uh, is that and yeah, you got your customers result, everybody feels very open that. it just creates other pieces that we've actually narrowed down the number so of customers he's understanding i only have one not just customer one, that i'm responsible for Clients are single largest customer, but, but we found that when we narrowed our focus office so that we could spend more time and attention and, and you, on our you current good customers, we actually grew faster and, and they grew and faster. Not and reason they happy to go to their dentist, but they rely on his office and that developed a much closer relationship. A lot of companies will focus on it's ready to go and going after new business all the time. Ours is focused so, on how do we look continue to enhance the relationships with our existing customers. Everybody focuses on that. And that, we've done that one to me is that's that we've actually narrowed down the number of customers. Stay very I only have one customer that I'm responsible for. My team is the single largest I've never, customer. But I've been around now. When we, uh, narrowed our forty years so that we could spend more time in nation on our uh, current yeah, customers. We actually seventy seven I first made to work I'm now in my fortieth year and I've never worked with a better team. And that developed a much closer relationship. Motivated a lot of companies will focus on they they self managed to new business backs. And I just on how do we we've continue to enhance the relationship significantly right now. And that's customers and not because of me, but because of them. So to me, that's how we got to look after them because they're the ones that make about focus. It brings back the focus again. And my team, a bit about suppliers, I've never class suppliers. I've been at work now. You know, if you don't have, years, as if you're too burnt up from work, you don't have time for your family. Yeah, nineteen. Are there a lot of family issues? I first went to work. I'm now don't in my fortieth year. Some, I, and I've many out of the better team that come into the workshops and they got motivated. My family, my office don't treat me like my managed in a lot of respects. I say you bring the same. It's 
relationship with your clients significantly right now from your clients to your team and not because of me but because of them and they go no well i go you got your a game for your because they're the one that you get your b game for your office and maybe your family gets your b game but they probably get your c game and a family book you know, everybody you knows what your A game looks like. So if you're not bringing family, your you A game to everybody, they're being cheated. A lot of family and they know that, and they feel that. So don't focus. Managing on your time and your many energy entrepreneurs to be able to, come be, into the work to have solid relationships. Geez, yeah, you know what? In my family, my office don't treat me like my clients' personnel. In my case, you bring the same is one where you relationship understand your clients and your focus is your clients to make sure you're ready to go. And they go no. I go all right. Your A game for your clients and then you get your, your B game for your office and so maybe you don't get family it's your B game but they probably get your C game bring, well your best to well, all the relationships everybody knows what your A game you looks like so if you're not bringing your A game to I, everybody I, I they're being cheated and they get know some that personal advice from you so, so right, I, I, I agree a lot of entrepreneurs we bring our C game to our families and our teams and A game to our clients all those aspects your team your clients your personnel in my case is one where you need to really understand what your focus is and make sure you're how do you treat all of them the like time, a, like rested. let's take family for example um, like how do you personally narrow your commitments bring down your a game to your so family? you don't get yourself yeah. overcommitted no, and not you able know, to bring your best it's, to all the relationships it's interesting because i didn't always you and life. of course my wife isn't on this call so i'm gonna just just for the record we've been married 37 some personal and a half years advice from you and uh, so and, i i agree a lot of entrepreneurs we bring our c game to our families and the time to our teams and a game the loss won't be changed when i get home oh some entrepreneurs bring their a game you know what what it means is that at least in my Came, uh, case what's important you know if we think of what's families. important to our team or what's important to all our of clients like, we have to think let's of what's take important family for example family. like how do you personally so bring I, your a game to your i'm family? not a guy's yeah. guy sort of thing well, my wife you know what it's, to it's interesting because i didn't know this and of course my wife isn't on this call so just whatever we've been married 37 and a half we just had seven and and saturday night i left today i was my day saturday saturday is my day time so i'm sure i'm why because otherwise when i get home i could go do something else and go out for a while you know what what it means is that for go to What's important, and I you know, if we think of what's to important that. to our team, I think it's really trying to be as conscious as we have to think of what's important to our family, their lives, so and how you can support I, them. And I, I'm not a guy's a guy sort of thing. If my wife wants we do to go out, team necessarily aren't things that are close to a shop or be close to our family, help cook or clean up or whatever it is, because my family's coming over. Just like we asked, what's important to our clients, we should ask what's important to. That's my, my day Saturday. Saturday is my day to focus yeah. on that. Why? Well, because you know, my, my kids always said, it's because I, I travel do something a lot. Else, and and I would, for a long there were times where they're always up that I travel as many as 100 days a year. There were meetings which is a lot, and I being just don't choose well, to do that. One of the things I really tried to do was be trying to be as conscious as you can about what's going on in their lives. So we like to see, I like to see. And I both got involved in racing. That's what we do with our clients. And I made the point that when we were there races, sometimes the races were during the close to And I would do everything that I could and rearrange my schedule. So my holidays. Just like we ask what's important to our clients, so we should we ask what's the important the to when they finish. my daughter, what's important to my wife. And you know what? Those yeah. are the things well, that, those you know, the things my, that my kids always said, because I travel remember. And, and, and I would, there were times where they were showing up that I travel as many as 100 days a year. I wasn't. Which is a lot. Could you be there for? But one of the things I really tried to do was be home on the weekend. We're family in wintertime. We have wintertime here, so we like to ski. As you see, they both got out of the racing. I recognize And I made the point that much of them were the races. Sometimes the races were during the week. When? Could I be so there? My and I would do everything that I could to rearrange my schedule. Priority. So my so holidays and my time were based around what they need. And so uh, we could be at the bottom of the hill when they finished.
My guide right, them so over to it. I just say, and you know what's important those to them? Are the things that, no, those are the right. things that they pull me in the end that they remember. Me, and I'm going to tell you, it took me a lot I of time. I was there and more. there were times well, that I didn't. I, I, I call home every day, I be no where I am in the world. Could you, they don't want, want me there every time they come home from school first, and what's going on. But years they did want to around when they realized that's what's important. And as you see, you just make those connections. I recognize that. And so, so much as I have, have to find out some coach in your own personal first life, what's important that's my then. first um, love and do what you can. And it's always a compromise. So how do I help? At least you how do I help the, the needle and, more uh, in their favor that's just opposed my, to your favor. My way. Right. So I just say, and what's important to them? Energy. I think that's right. one of the things that and, and messes that's, up a lot of It took me, I'm going to tell you, it took me a lot of energy And there were times that I did. But I call home every day, no matter where I am in the world. And when we how do you deal with that, and how do you manage For the first that? 10 or 15 years I've traveled, I didn't. Right? Um, I realized that's what's important. And that, you just say about make make those connections even if they're ago. small. And uh, so you, you have to find out from well, your own personal life. life. God, and it's important to them. And, um, and do what you can. Yeah. And, and it's always and a compromise. I was, at least you messed the, the needle more in their favor it was to your It was this powder type scheme. And you talked about energy. I think that's one of the things that messes up a lot of entrepreneurs. Use up all our energy at work. At home, we don't have any energy. Talk to me more about but I didn't how have the strength. With that and and how I do you realize that? that, you know, and if I don't have this energy, and I, was, um, I was frightened. Yeah. I was frightened as a result of that. And I, I'm going to say about doing that. And frightened while you're nine years ago, you know, you, uh, that's when I'd you were gone like on an injury. Well, maybe and so then I resolved. I'd gone on a go find out what I needed to do for energy. So in that part of the energy managing time, I was strategic. The best is the skiers. You take free. But I realized it was it was just powder type skiing, and you focused a cat ski and do when you're generating income. Yeah, a machine that takes you up the hill, and so you don't have lifts or anything. I was with twelve guys to getting in and, you know, and I was the best done in generating a skier but, but I didn't have the strength and I realized that and then know, I also I don't realized this energy I, that I was frightened I was frightened um, so how much sleep do I need yeah, so I'm never frightened to monitor sleep and, frightened while you're and then I realized good thing. my food you know, intake had to that's when you're more likely to get injured and because I was and I was so then I resolved my how do you go find out what I need to do for down on a Part of the energy is managing time. The strategic coach is very good at that. that you take three days, which is time away. How do I my whole life in your focus so days? Those things do I do when you're food do I eat? Generating when do I eat? Example. How much water and buffer do days when you are not responsible to getting time off, focus work done, generating income, but that you're planning and training. Best thing to do over all this. And then I also realized I can do that part of it. So how much sleep do I need? So I begin to monitor sleep. And then I realized. My food really began to change gradually because I was I was not providing so my body with the right, the right fuel. Energy. So it sent me down on a made on a journey that I wanted over to the last eight, nine, nine or ten years than I was to look at and how do I work my whole life in your so what your food do I what food do so I eat? You know, when do I eat it? What was important? How much water do I drink? Have that energy. But you, know, you, it's, uh, you have, have to look at all of those aspects. I'm off. You're like, you have to feel what activities I'm involved in. You have to understand and, when things are working And the best thing to do continue to move down is to listen to your body. And we know our bodies are the entrepreneurs that are listening. And if we think of our food as our medicine, that they can really begin to they know what they're looking for shift around so that we have and, uh, the right energy and and so that i made a personal commitment that i wanted to be in better shape at 65 than i was at 50 or other and the trainer that i work with has um, said to me gary you might read pretty well there go go, go so, consciously you know that, that to me is what was important and, and, so how can i have that energy but it's so you have to look at all those aspects for your life you have to feel when things aren't working you have to understand when things are working for you 
We continue right. to move down the path. For Let's that talk work. about vacation. You know like, I, know I mean, all the entrepreneurs that are listening, listening to this, and the, and the practitioners and the dentists uh, listening to our talk, they know when things are working for them. So sometimes things are getting more tricky. And so that I just want them to continue to pay attention and get support where they need to have support. If it's a naturopath or other doctors or books that you might read, then go go consciously get that support and gradually work it into your lifestyle. So it's not just a diet do for a few weeks, a mess. but that gradually becomes yeah, a way you know, of life. I think you right. Let's I mean, talk about vacations. Little, like I know harder uh, as we have they get two older. teenagers, and, and, and we, we thought, have, uh, you know, so I'll come back when and, they were young. Uh, one we look at things that they like to do. I mean, so sometimes. Things are getting more tricky because, because they all want different things. Especially and, if there's two of your husband and wife. They want kinda, things like my daughter, for example, she likes adventure. She likes to do things. Somebody might like adventure and, and somebody um, just wants so, to. I mean, I'm just wondering, like, do you plan your vacations? Do you do it or your wife does it? Because sometimes if you don't plan it, it becomes a mess. Yeah, you know, I think you have to. I mean, other, but at least little, you did a little harder together, uh, as they and get older. Try to take and, and we thought, that it is an so child come back. When they were young, the other we'd look at like things that they'd like to do. I mean, Disney uh, or some other theme park. That was always a great vacation because you could go, especially if there's two of your husband and wife, you kind of actually can split off and go a little child in Australia. We went on a adventure and somebody just wants to. And I thought, how are we ever going to get everybody together? And but I always and felt right, it was very important to go as a family, and, and that, said that everybody had to learn how to and compromise I did the at that point. But booking it all around with each other, but and at least you did things together, and, one of my and you also try to take into account skiing, that it isn't all one child's way, and but my wife or all the other child's way that you blend together. The lodge we only did that for three days, and I think for me the best was our daughter was in Australia for three years. She was things was twenty four. Everybody, she was twenty seven, and so we said, well, we're going to go to Australia one time. So we went down a couple of years ago, and it was Christmas time. But and I thought, how are we ever going to get everybody together? Time is over because they've gotten into their and my son came, my daughter came, and they said that was a trip of a lifetime. And I did the planning is uh, at that point and booking it all around. Been family oriented. And, and that followed after to the on one of my birthdays. I did go um, helicopter skiing. You know, where one of my kids coming up and both some years. But my wife didn't ski. So we're thinking she was going to come and come to the lodge. We only did that for three days. And they're excited. And then we went to Whistler for a week. And everybody could enjoy it. So we tried to pick and choose things that would work for everybody. So they have time in their schedules to do And they didn't all have to do all the same thing. They need to plan it. And it worked. Get them involved in the planning. I'm going to say, if you think time is over because they've gotten into their teens, or they've gotten into their 20s, it isn't. As long as you plan something with that commitment you're is of interest and, trip actually and you've always been family-oriented, you can do things even into their 30s. Longer. And, and um, you just you know, we're, we're you know, coming up on some milestone birthdays, and so we're thinking of the next one. And we want we want everybody to come again, and they're excited. And this is when they're in their late 20s and 30s. But you need to plan it so they have time in their schedules to do that. You're in, you hit it right on the head. You need to plan it. We I get get them involved in planning too. I think I think getting them involved in the planning so they are part of it is also generates the excitement because as soon as you start talking about it with the commitment you're going to go, the trip actually begins in their mind and actually extends the whole experience a lot longer than unusual. You just spring it on really, you know, tell them the night before they're going to go to Disney and they get got to get up early in the morning. And you know what? And, and the reason have time to enjoy it. We have a so we have a planet involve them go to and 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 get them to compromise on things that will work. So everybody and knows have, what the trip's going to be about, and they can all go and enjoy it. Place you that's older. You right. always have lots. We talked about three days. So let's say weekends. Do you plan your weekends? Like let's say when the kids are growing up. During the week is basically my week. Even now, like do you plan it in advance? Or like you have standard plan? 
many books if I made that you play on those three, three days. And, and that way we get to do things. You know, I might, I might be a little unusual. That's, I don't really plan them very much. With some friends uh, uh, time and, we'll and, 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 and the reason is we're very fortunate. We have a, we have a, a weekend place that we can go to. And, and the kids like to go or would like to go. And when you have four or five days throughout the week, another place you that's older, you always have lots of work to do. And again, but we go and do that. We go and do that together. And the other thing is because during the week is basically my week that I have my time. I usually allow my wife to sort of plan, plan the weekends. What are things that are important to her? What would she like to do? And, and that way we get to do things together. I mean, she still likes to play golf and I'll play golf. And so she's, she'll organize with some friends in the summertime and we'll all go out and do that. Uh, maybe some some other project right. that we've got going that's important now, to her. So week, I've really allowed yourself? myself to plan the, you know, the five days or four or five days throughout the week. Uh, and I've allowed my lo- my wife to really plan the weekends not. for us. And again, I, that's all I, part I of the, the relationship that, that, that we have. I, I don't bring work home at night. I, I, I don't bring work most part. home on the weekends to do. So she knows that I'm there for that time. And if there's nothing planned for me, well, I'll go do something. But I'm at that point in time where I don't need to plan it. for the same extent. But I come back. I got anything important. Big. We have to. We always plan and commit in advance. So I look at my schedule. Right. I kind of look at it. Now, during the week, do you plan time for yourself on my trips and? I consider that part of my time. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Probably not. I don't. I I don't. I don't, I don't plan that time because I I I do what I I love to do for the most part. Too much on my own because my life is. I travel. I still travel. Like I'm going off to strategic coach tonight, and then next week I'll be in Boston, and then at the end of that week I'm going to China for ten days, and I come back. I got a week, and then I go off to back to strategic coach for a couple of days. So when I look at my schedule, I. I kind of look at it and say, well, what do I really need? I've been able to relax Uh, on my trips and I consider that part of my time, uh, knowing I'm going to have time off. I do it in the morning. Uh, When the weekend comes or if we plan several days together to be on my days, I I don't really do too much on my own because my life is usually busy enough that I don't. I don't really find that it's how to build that into the schedule. Where I'm coming from is you talked about the food and, and you know, trainer and stuff. So how does that get worked into this whole thing? Always, my trainer's always planned. What about food? My trainer, actually my trainer's planned out to December right now. Uh, so I, yeah, I'll go and see her and when her schedule yes, changes, that's that plan. Try and do it in the morning. So first thing in the morning, so that's, so that's done. Uh, but that's planned. So uh, my days, my days that way are pretty well planned. And I know when I have my my own time. I, I had to learn how to build that into the schedule. I thought, oh, I'm not going to have time to do all the training. But no, I go build that. I Right. I, I, I take it for granted now, but I just build that into the schedule. Right. We're very fortunate that we have. Right. And um, what about food? Is that something you plan or is that? We will have for that. Not yeah, I'm, you know, again, I'm, I'm, yes, we do. We do plan that, and I'm I'm very fortunate that our our daughter is a kinesiologist and very keen on food. She's also she's a health coach. Right? Oh, no, yeah, she's a health coach to businesses, to our business, and to other businesses. So she actually does a lot of the research for me, and so the the food that we start to have around the house that my my wife Karen ends up by is really influenced an awful lot by Christy. So we're very fortunate that we have someone who is keen on that. And then we, we adopt about, we, what um, we will have you know, uh, for and, that. But um, you know, not every meal is planned out. Not every, you know, I can't honestly tell you what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. Um, we've used up all our turkey leftovers, so I know I'm not going to have that tonight. But we'll have something that fits the pattern of 
that's appropriate for us to have. And, uh, and, and, and again, we adjust that. Each of us eat a little bit differently, but so someone will have, you know, a little bit more potato or carbs, whatever, and somebody else will have a little bit more protein, whatever the case may be. But um, we just gradually adopt the care. We talked about um, time, you know, and uh, you know, right now. And uh, before that, we talked about we started with purpose slash meaning, and then we got into relationships. Um, relationships. Let's talk about your team and and kind of how do you think about your role with your team? And how has that evolved over time? What were some of the mistakes you made in the past uh, that you perhaps learned from and and we also do more and you grew from. Well, I'd say, uh, first of all, uh, it all begins with hiring. And you, if you don't take the care when you begin to hire, then you're going to you're going to like anybody will get do. what you you hire so to speak really and i can i can say the biggest change that's taken place over time is now we're much more what's the type of focused in terms of what are the responsibilities of that person we use a couple of strategic coach tools like the impact filter so we're really clear on that as well as the, what is the job description how what their what their work's going to involve and we also do more onboarding so what's really changed over time is really Going from what I would call the fog test, um, where you put a mirror up to somebody's nose and breathe, they breathe, and the mirror fogs up. Okay, you hire them, you know, and, and so that's just like anybody will do. Well, gone from that to really being much more clear about this is the role, this is what we want to accomplish. What's the type of person that we're doing? We use different assessments like the Colby assessment from Kathy Colby's Colby Corporation, and how that person will blend in to our organization. We've got much more over to fit versus. Um, just that's skill level and, and technical skill level. So that's been one of the big changes. The other one is, is that from my perspective, back about 2005, I, in my own mind, I mentally shifted from being the president of the company, which technically is a title I still hold, to being the head coach. And therefore, as a coach, I said, well, most coaches that I know are not on the are not on the ice. They're not on the court. They're not on the playing field. They're on the sidelines. But they're the ones that you know help choose the players, design the plays, and do the training. And I say that's what I'm going to do. I'm a coach, as you know me from strategic coach. So I'm going to be the head coach here. And then I stopped having a split personality. So now everybody else's. I said everybody else's job is more important than mine. So who do I need in that job? What's the responsibilities they need to have? And that's what's been the biggest shift for me is recognizing I'm doing what I'm good at doing. I got support to do it. We got really clear about what we what we needed for the company as well as for the individual. And the other philosophy I have, just to put this out, I also believe that people in an organization and, and hiring them is a matching of futures. So if you hire somebody, you, need, you want to know what their future is. Can come back to coach, ask them the R factor question, ask them what their DOS is. If you don't provide something for their future, you're not going to keep them very long. And now you're conscious of what their future needs are. Well, you also have to know what the business's future is. So you want those two futures to match. When they do, that's match. And that's awesome. And when they don't, that's when you run into difficulties. And I will say, Naren, we're never going to be perfect because motivation gets in in the way of yeah, how everybody performs and everybody you know, works. But for the most part, if you're really conscious about what you're doing, what that person needs, what you need, and train them along and train them, then I think you have a much better chance of having a very strong relationship with your, with your people um, than if you just hire anybody to come in and fill the job for a while, because that's what you're coming from. Right. So we talked about time, money, purpose, and relationships. Actually, we didn't talk about money. Can you share your thoughts on money? 
You can have a better relationship. Are you okay? And yeah, I, so coming you know, specifically, I always I, feel that my worst times in my life is when I focus on money as opposed to focusing on, on providing value. And, 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 you know, you, that's a, you know, you'll also hear from, from strategic coach or from computer Diamantes about a scarcity mindset and abundance mindset. I think if you just focus on money, you have a scarcity mindset. It means where, where is it coming from? Well, if you, if you think of it the other way that, there's there's an there's an abundance of money and how do you generate the wealth? You 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 can you can you can have a better relationship with money. And so coming to specifically, I always feel that money is money is a scorecard for me. I mean, how well we're doing is and how much value we're providing is really what what the money shows. And as strategic coach, we have what we call a fundamental relationship, and it's you how you relate to the world or your marketplace. And one of the arrows on the top going over from you to the world is you bring value, and the arrow that comes back is rewards. And so, the more value you bring, the more reward you come. So, if you want to if you want to create more money, and that's the goal, then you have to figure out how to bring more value. And that's kept me really, really grounded on that. And and so for me, it's. I always feel if you want to, if you're going to spend more money and you want to earn more money and have the organization grow, then you have to figure out how to bring more value. And I think if we make it any more complicated than that, then I think you get caught into a into what I'll call a vortex that takes you down to the black hole, and you you move yourself more to a scarcity mindset over one of abundance. Right, right. Um, I think we are coming up on our finish time. Any thoughts you want to add, Gary? Like any anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Yeah, I'd say you know to be to be an entrepreneur today is just a wonderful um, is just a wonderful profession if you want to call it. We have such an opportunity to create value for so many people, and we get to choose. And I, and and maybe that's going to be my last thought is that. As an entrepreneur, as a dentist, as a doctor, as a lawyer, we get to choose who is on our team, for example, who our clients are. Uh, we got married, so we got to choose those people. We don't always get to choose some of our relatives, but we get to choose a lot of it. And our suppliers, we get to choose all those. And, and I want to say that don't ever give up the right of choice. And that way you can really be much more in control of your, of your world. Uh, and or in charge of your world is probably a better word than control. And so don't feel it has to be a certain way because then you've accepted what doesn't have to be. And so for me, is that as an entrepreneur, we go for freedom. The reason we became an entrepreneur was for freedom. Don't give up your freedoms. We always have to fight and we have to work for our freedom, but don't give up your freedom of choices. And that includes you, the how you use your time and how you work with other people and who's going to be on your team, who your clients are going to be. You have those choices. Do not feel captive. Do not hold yourself captive by not making those choices. And I, and I think that to me brings a clarity, brings confidence because you know you're making those choices for the right reasons and appreciate that you bring value. And all of our returns will come from the fact that we bring value. There are multiple rewards, time, money, relationship, and purpose all come from providing value. That's amazing. I think you're absolutely right. That's kind of the most important point, I think. You know, like Steve Jobs call it, calls it the higher order bit, the most important point. You know, uh, we can choose our lives. We can choose who we work with. We can choose what we do. And most of us uh, end up living somebody else's life. You know, my mom wanted me to be a doctor, so I become a doctor. But 
that may not be what I really enjoy, right? Or my 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 mom wanted me to be my dad wanted me to be in the military and I'm in the military, right? But many of us, especially entrepreneurs, we can choose everything. We can choose who we want to work with, who do we want to have as clients, what kind of work we want to do. So I think we should exercise that choice. Well, and you and you you're just an awesome example of that. I mean, look at all look at all the value you're providing for other people with their your growing entrepreneur, growing dentist, money and me, and, and the ones about law firms. I mean, you think of all the things that you've you've now gotten into because you've had the opportunity and the ability and the willingness to go and do it, and you haven't felt constrained by that. And so you've got just a huge network as a result of that. Would I ever projected and, and thought that, oh, I'm going to be on podcast with the Ren at some point in time. We're going to be talking about this. Never. But then the opportunity comes up and we take it because we have that choice and we can see where we have value. And so that's what's, that's what's exciting. And the opportunity for entrepreneurs to cooperate with each other uh, um, is absolutely phenomenal today. I mean, I always felt that I was born 50 years too early. I think it's an exciting time to, to be around. And I just told other entrepreneurs and other dentists and other professions get to think about themselves and how they provide value, just not through the technical work that they do. Right. That's amazing. I really enjoyed our chat, Gary, today. And I, of course, I, I love every minute we spend together and all the advice you give me, you know, and all the things that I am involved in. So I do appreciate you and... I appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Niran, and you also inspire me. And you'll see over time how your, things you've done will, will have an influence on what I do too. So it's, it's very mutual. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode. Have a wonderful day.